Well, good morning. Y'all ready to talk about love this morning? We're going to talk about love. I want to say to you, congregation, I love you. Y'all are a great group of people. I, well, thank you. It's reciprocated. It's great to be with First Baptist Church of China Grove. I really have grown to love you folks in a very special way. Y'all are great people and, and uh, just love you to death. And surprised, really, that I, I've come to love you so deeply, so dearly in such a short time. But I, I'm glad to be here this morning, and we do want to talk about love. And so let's turn first in our Bibles to 1 John 4, 10 through 20. We'll look there first. And then we'll go to 1 Corinthians 13. Would you agree with me today that love is always what's needed? Amen. It's what the world needs. It's what Washington, D.C. needs. It's what the church needs. It's what families need. It's what couples need. Now, I could, being... We're getting close to Valentine's, give you a sermon about relationships between men and women. And I've been in churches that did that. I was at a church at the beach, and bless their heart, the pastor gave a sermon using Furbies on marriage. And I, I like Furbies, I guess. Uh, and uh, he talked about marriage, relationship, and all that. But And, and you know, I understand that, and I think at the end of the sermon, he did quote one scripture, and uh, uh, it was okay, but I'm not going to talk about that day, because you know what, I believe this with all my heart, I could give you a sermon on self-help for marriage, but if two people's hearts are right with God, and controlled by the Holy Spirit, and they get together, and they pray together, that God will work their problems out. I believe that. So I believe that marriage problems are really a spiritual problem. Okay, so that takes us back to the Word and back to the idea of love and what love is all about. By the way, in every one of us as a human being, we have the capacity to be loved and to love. It's a gift from our Creator, our Heavenly Father. He created us in His image, and one of those qualities was love. And it says here in 1 John 4, verse 16, God is love. However, by the fall of man, because we are fallen and in sin, that quality has been muted or even nullified. And it says man in the last time, in 2 Timothy 4, says won't even have natural affection. In other words, man's capacity to love or show pity uh, is lost, desensitized. Man has become a brutish beast with, and nothing more. And so the people the last time will be. However, God says we have been made alive by the Holy Spirit. And that means rather than love being muted in us as Christians, love is amplified. We have the love of God shed abroad in our hearts. And I explained to you what that meant in the original language. A glass of water overflowing and spilling out and making everything wet around it. So you love so much that you're just causing people around you to love more. Amen? That's the way a Christian is supposed to be. And so, 
Christians should be leaders in the world in this thing called love. Love, we ought to exemplify, we ought to be the great examples of love in the world. Let's look at 1 John 4, beginning of verse 10. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the satisfactory payment or acceptable payment for sins. That's what propitiation means. Beloved, if God so love us, we ought to love one another. Amen? Do you practice it? Amen? Oh, not so many. Okay. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him, and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen to testify, verse 14, that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God has to us, God is love. Amen? That's one of his qualities. And that he dwelleth in love, dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect or mature, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but mature love casteth out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made mature in love. We love him because he first loved us. Now, folks, that's a different kind of love. That's not hallmark love. Amen? Not life, lifetime. Uh, you know, that's gushy love. You know, that's, that's that, you know, gushiness. And, and uh, nothing gets me out of my chair quicker in the living room when I'm napping than a good hallmark movie. <laughs> it will get me up out of my chair going to do something. Crystal knows how to get me moving. That's, that's some kind of romantic love. But that's how we think of love. And, and listen, but that's so limited, isn't it? That's a limited definition of love. And, and what is true love? Does love have contingencies and strings? No. God said, I love you regardless. And I heard the prayer up here. Uh, praying that we, we're sinful, but God loves us anyway and cares about us and sends His grace. And, and that's some kind of love that's different. You see, in our limited definition of love, love de- demands a response. If we, if we love somebody, we, what do we expect? We expect something back from them, right? We say, I love you, and that, that's demanding a response. You expect to hear, I love you back. And then, you know, and I mean, have you ever heard the modern love songs? I need you, I want you, I must have you, you know? It's something, you know, you got to have some kind of response. But, you know, God, it says in the Bible in, in, in verse 10 here, here's love, not that we love God, but He loved us regardless, unconditionally. Romans 5, 8 says this, but God commendeth His love toward us, and that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the word commendeth means this. For someone to come near, introduce themselves, and make an exhibition or show love by an act. In other words, for some to come, somebody to come and sit down 
on a bench next to you and say, I love you. And by the way, here is a nice box of Whitman samplers. I love you. That would be an exhibition. But what did God do? For God so loved the world that he did what? Something a lot better than Whitman samplers. He gave his only son. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish. He loved the whole world. And when Jesus was dying upon the cross, he could have come off. But he said, I've got to be here for them. I love them. Even those that didn't love him back. Even those that looked at the cross and hated him. He said, if you be the son of God, take yourself down off that cross. He said he was the son of God. Let him save himself. And he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. How did God exhibit his love toward us? And that's called agape love, agape love, some people say. True love that does not demand a response. You know, sometimes my granddaughter Olive, I think she's here today, back there. I, I say, come here and give Poppy a big hug. And you know what she does? She runs away. <laughs> And I'll sit there and say, Poppy's crying. Come over and give Poppy. And sometimes she'll give in and give me a hug. But she doesn't always give that hug I want, you know. And, and, and I give Poppy a hug. And so, but I love her anyway. You know why? Because my love for her is not dependent on a response. That's the love of God. In fact, sometimes she goes, ugh. No. Uh. But I still love her. And you know, God, when we reject Him, when we don't respond to Him, He still loves us with an unwavering, eternal love. And only God can do that. But what does true love look like? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We want to know what love looks like. And the Bible gives us an explanation of what love looks like. That's important. We know what it looks like. Amen? Uh, how about, we got any single ladies and men in this room? Raise your hand. If you're single men or lady, even your upcoming teenager, I see some hands. Okay, across everywhere. Well, you people need to know what love looks like when you start looking for a gal or a guy, right? So here we go. First of all, we find out we're not very much as Christians without love. It tells us that in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, that's what charity means, I become as a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. How important is love? Well, God says, no matter what you do, no matter how great you think you are, if you don't have love, you're nothing. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. We really have to have a true heart and love for people. You'd say, I don't have that, Pastor. Well, get along with God and pray to you to get it. Get with people and try to understand. I mean, you look out 
I'm always reminded, I was talking with someone this morning, and I, they were talking about people who are hurting and people who have problems physically. And, and uh, you know, you see people, I think about a young lady that I know that will be in a wheelchair all of her life. And your heart just breaks for those people. And, but the one verse in the Bible that always comes back to me, God will make every crooked thing straight. That's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. God will make every crooked thing straight. Isn't that wonderful? In eternity, God's going to do that. No wonder I heard a lady, Miss Doris Bryan, recently who, who passed away. I went to her funeral and they told the story. She was coming. She knew she was dying. She was coming down the road. She started laughing and her daughter asked her, what's wrong? She said, oh, I was just thinking about how good heaven's going to be. Wow. Isn't that something? But we're nothing without love. Love is not a thing in the Christian world. It's the only thing. Listen. Quality, when you show love, it, it means you care. You care. And the world doesn't want to hear what we say until they know we care. I mean, when I get the vacuum cleaner out and vacuum, my wife knows I love her. I don't have to say it. I just exhibit it. And she knows I love her. Right, honey? She says, if and when he gets the vacuum cleaner out. <laughs> it's the greatest quality of man. Look at verse 13. And now by the faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Love. love. The greatest is love. What does love look like? What does love do? Here you go. You're looking for somebody. Verse 4. <laughs> love suffers long. In other words, has the ability to put up with a lot. Patient, forbearance. And I tell you what, gentlemen, your wives probably have had to put up with a lot. But I think most wives. <laughs> I'm going to take the wives' side to, today. You have to put up with a lot. <laughs> You do. And then love is also kind. Kind means to be understanding, forgiving, not judgmental. You know, forgiving. Uh, it, is, it does not vaunt itself up. has no envy or jealousy. Rejoices with those that are blessed. You know, not, hey, somebody else got something I didn't have. So what? Uh, does not lift itself up, puffed up, does not brag and promote, self-promote itself to make others feel inferior. Okay, a bragging kind of thing. Uh, love does not behave itself unseemly, verse 5, does not act inappropriately or acts appropriately all the time. It, is, it seeketh not its own, is not selfish, acts for the benefit of others. See, that's the key. Not easily provoked, it does not exasperate or frustrate easily, difficult to get someone to do that. It does not think of ways to hurt others or get back at others for ills done to them. In other words, if somebody did something to me, I'm going to get back at them, right? I'm going to get even. That's not love. Love always rejoices in the truth, thinks positive things. And by the way, if you want to think that way, don't watch the news. Everything you watch, everything, it's wrong, negative, never a positive word, never truth. And then what does it lastly say there? Verse 7. 
Love bears all things. Love is like a protective cover for others. It bears the burdens of others, helps people carry the weight they cannot bear themselves. Do you know people that are bearing weights, that are going through a difficult time right now? Show love. Galatians 6, bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? John 13, 34 and 35. We're not going to turn there necessarily, but what is that law? A new commandment that Jesus gave. That you love one another, even as also you love, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And he goes on to say, by this shall all men know that you are followers of Jesus. Do you hear me, folks? How do people know we're followers of Jesus? What happens if you don't love one another? The people know we're followers of Jesus? If you go out of the church and you talk about everybody at your church, what are you telling the world? I don't love my brethren. I'm not a follower of Jesus. I don't love. Think about that next time you talk about somebody. Don't talk about people. Amen? Amen. If you want to fix anybody, go look in the mirror. That's what you need to fix. That's the only one Jesus gave us to fix, right? Go look in the mirror. What does it say here? Overcome good with evil, Romans 12, 1. And love also believes, has faith, hopes, has an expected future, endures. Love believes, hopes, and endures all things. Love never fails. Notice it says that. Love never fails. Love, verse 8, never fails. Y'all say it with me. Love never fails. Love never fails. How often does love fail? Never. Got it. Love never fails. Love always works. Love always works. Overcome good, overcome evil, excuse me, with good. Romans 12, 21. Now we can take these qualities here, we see, and we can put Jesus' name in there, and we know that they're all qualities of Jesus. And so we know that love works because those are his qualities. He carried our burdens. He bore our iniquities in every way as the embodiment of love. He is love incarnate. Right? When you think of love, think of Jesus. Now what can love do for us? I like this one. And this is why I love a lot of people. I'm going I'm to be honest with you. I found this out a long time ago. 1 Peter 4.8. Love covers a multitude of sins. Y'all ever make mistakes? You know who makes a lot of mistakes? I do. So I try to love people extra special. Because I know I'm going to stumble. I'm going to stub my toe. I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm, I'm going to make a mistake, and I just want you to love me in spite of my mistakes. But love will cover a multitude of sins. When we love people and they know you love them, sometimes they'll maybe overlook some things. It makes problems easier. 
35 times in the Gospels, Jesus brings up the idea of love. And it's mentioned hundreds of times in the New Testament. It's the preeminent message of the New Testament, love. Love is the preeminent message. In chapter 12, verse 33 of Mark, and it says this, And to love Him with all the heart, all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your soul, with all your strength, to love his neighbors themselves is more than burnt offerings and sacrifice. Nothing you can give God. You can't give God money. You can't give God possessions. You can't give God anything more than loving him and loving others. It says right there. There's no gift you can give him greater than that. How about that? It's our testimony to the world. It's our testimony to each other. 1 Corinthians 8, 3, if any man love, it is known of him. How's the church's testimony today in loving, loving each other? And how do we show that love? Are we more about position than disposition? The world won't care what we know till they know we care. It's important, church. It's important. One more verse this morning, and we're going to kind of come to you. I know I'm giving you a lot of verses this morning, but there's a lot of love in the New Testament. So just understand that. Galatians 5, 13 and 14. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, it says in verse 14. But verse 13, listen, listen to this. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty, freedom, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And all the laws fulfilled, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. Serve one another. Do for others. Help others. Care for others. Pray for others. Help somebody who's lost or hurting. Reach out to someone who's hungry. Someone who's suffering. Someone who is battling an illness. Love, love, love them. Care for them. But by love, serve one another. And in that same chapter, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But isn't it strange, is it accidental that God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, put love first? No. No. Because love always, love never what? Love never fails. Let's say that again. Love never fails. Love, joy, peace. By, by love, serve one another. Does the world need love today? Do Christians? Does the church need more love? Now by the faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. God's favorite shirt for us to wear. You know, I like to wear Myrtle Beach shirts. But God's favorite shirt for us to wear is the shirt of love. Loving for the lost, caring for the saints, and showing love to all around us. That should be our goal. There's a story I read that touched my heart last week about love. An old man went to a, you know, one of those places where they do makeup. One of those belts, 
you know, you know, you've seen those places where they're all, come over here, we'll do makeup, you know, and, and they're doing. And he went to one of those people and he said, I want you to show me how to put makeup on. He was an old man. Well, everybody started giggling. And they were joking, and like, this guy wants makeup, you know. And so he insisted, so I, I really want to know how to do makeup. And so the lady got the stuff out, and she's kind of giggling around. And, and they finally said, sir, if you don't mind, we'd like to know why you would like to have, know how to put makeup on. And he said, well, he said, I'm married, and my wife has gone blind. And she could no longer do it. So I wanted to learn how to put it on so she wouldn't be embarrassed to go out. Now for a man to go to, for me to go to a counter and have somebody put makeup on me, that takes a lot of love. And isn't that what love is all about? When you're willing to put yourself out there for someone else. That's love. When you're willing to sacrifice your own self for someone else. That's true love. And boy, do we ever need that kind of love today. And if our churches had that kind of love, oh, you'd be you'd have to You'd have to go to second services. People would be waiting to get in the door and wouldn't have a seat to sit in. If they know we love each other like that. I challenge you, church, to love each other that way. And as we close, let's not forget our example of love is Jesus. And he went to that cross and died for us, didn't he? Shed his blood. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, He loved you. He died for you on the cross. Why don't you accept Him? Let's stand and pray this morning. Christians praying. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to pray. You can pray. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me on the cross. I've committed sin. I'm sorry that I've done that. But I have. Forgive me. And if you call on Him, if you say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on that cross for me and paid for my sins, I accept you. He will give you right where you are eternal life. Let's pray. Christians praying. If you're praying that prayer, friend, will you, before I pray, will you lift your hand up? If you're praying that prayer today, God bless you. See your hand. Anyone else this morning? I'm praying that prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. Anyone at all? Before we close. Lord, we thank you for this time together in your word this morning. We thank you that we understand a little bit about love. Lord, if you will just bless now the invitation as it's given. Lord, we need to be thinking about a revival. We need to be praying for that. We need to be thinking about who we are as God's people. To be an example and a testimony to the world, of what your Holy Spirit can do. Lord, we need to love more. We need to reach deep down in our hearts and say, what is, what is it we need? We need, by love, to serve one another.
Thank you, Lord. We ask your blessing this day in the blessed name of Jesus and bless this invitation in his name. Amen. Won't you come as we sing this morning? Come as we sing.